morning and welcome to worship this Palm Sunday. You saw images of Palm Sunday's past and images and videos from this year as our children have been preparing for Palm Sunday by recording videos of themselves and anticipating the, the triumphant entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem. Uh, it was such a joy to see all of the children and to hear the Hosanna, Hosanna coming from James. Thank you for everyone who is here. We're glad to see you. We have 67 people uh, signed on right now, and we look forward to seeing how worship unfolds as we celebrate this Palm Sunday. I now pass it over to Pastor Walt. Good morning, everyone. And this is the scripture that foreshadows the triumphant event of, of this morning. It is Psalm 118. I'm reading uh, the first couple verses and then verses 19 through 29. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I might enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Praise be to God. We continue on now with a, a time of prayer. So let's take a breath. Relax and center our spirits upon the presence of the living Lord who is in our lives. God is, God is present with all of us. We are grateful for this awareness and with this shared awareness among us, we make this prayer. Let us pray. O oh Lord, hear the prayers of your children. We praise you for these days of life and give you thanks for the moments of love and grace that we are experiencing, even amid the challenges of these days. For food and shelter, loved ones, moments of joy and satisfaction, times of caution and managing of anxiety. 
we give you thanks. Continue to walk with us in our journey as we traverse this valley of the shadows created by the COVID-19 pandemic. We need your strength. We need your assistance to stay the course of healthiness and compassionate aid towards those affected. So we pray for all those infected by this virus. We pray for their physical recuperation and their spiritual well-being throughout the course of their illness. May their lives be touched by love and grace. And may those able win their fight for recovery. We pray for healing. We pray for recovery. We pray for those who have lost loved ones and ask that your gentle mercy surround them. The sudden inbreak of their grief is harsh. We stand by them in their sorrow and pray for their comfort. We pray for all those healthcare workers and first responders who are on the front line of caregiving during this pandemic. We commend them to you for all that they do for their communities. In particular, through our congregation's connection, we specifically make these prayers. With Marcia Sands for her son Todd, who is a firefighter, and her granddaughter Brianna, who is a nurse. With Tom and Gail McNish for their daughter Angie McNish, who is a nurse in the coronavirus unit at Memorial Hospital in Chattanooga. With Roy Brubaker for his daughter Suzanne Griggs, who is a nurse at the Yale New Haven Hospital. With Janelle Sanders for her son Michael, who is a radiologist working at Dignity Health Hospitals in the Las Vegas area. With Mike Conway for his son David, who continues to serve with the state patrol. With Shannon DeSantis for her brother, Michael Stevens, who is a nurse who is working with cancer patients at a Davis, California hospital, in spite of his vulnerability due to asthma. With Barb and Russ Stone, for their son, Brian, who continues as a grocery worker, and their daughter, Heather, who is a hospital worker. With the Stewart family, for Elaine, who works at Kaiser Woodland Hills, and for Greg, who is serving four rural health clinics in New Mexico. With Jerry McRae Isaacs, for her daughter, Kim Carnazola, who is the sole doctor at her urgent care facility. 
with Boyd Donovan, for all the people working with the County of Ventura Sheriff's Office of Emergency Services and the Healthcare Agency for their stamina and wisdom required to fill needed goods and services. And with Jan Alquist, for our dear friend Carol Ames, a retired nurse who cares for her husband, as she also cares for Marion Davis and her ongoing bedridden needs. And Lord, we think of all those others around us who are managing differing types of illnesses or physical maladies and need your healing touch and a sense of your tender mercies. Be with them and help them along in their healing or their managing of their conditions. We think of those recovering from surgeries and healing from broken bones and managing the course of their cancers. And of course, grieving the loss of dear ones from reasons other than this virus. Lord God, our hearts are full of the weight of our prayers. Come in a special way among your children and assist us in our efforts to move into our future. Minister to all your children, particularly those we have named, and especially those whose need is great, yet whose name has gone unmentioned this morning. In this moment of silence, hear the special yearnings of our hearts. Hear our prayers, O Lord God. And now as we observe Palm Sunday, uh, this day in our worship, we are reminded of Christ Jesus's primacy in our lives. May we continue to live each of the moments of each of our days in the light of his love for us and for others. This we all pray in his name, joining in the prayer he taught all of us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. tape there of the of the choir I'm just reminded of how much how much better it's going to be when we are together in person and uh, be with one another and hear that choir in person what a marvelous thing that's going to be and we will look forward to that but thank you to all the technical people who are making this possible for us to to do this online and to, to hear that great anthem. All right, so now I am to uh, share with you a scripture out of Matthew, our Palm Sunday scripture. It comes from Matthew chapter 21, the first 11 verses. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, 
Go into the village uh, ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this. The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey and on a coat, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went ahead and did as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread the cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heavens. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth. In Galilee. The word of God for us this Palm Sunday morning. Amen. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Awesome and almighty God, we give you thanks for the ways in which your spirit moves among us as we anticipate this week. We join with those who know of Jesus' ministry, saying, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Give us the courage to recognize the call of that proclamation. Hosanna, heal us, offer us healing, offer us wholeness. Give us the energy to walk this difficult week in Jesus's life and in our world, recognizing that you are present to us and that your story is continuing to unfold, to give us grace, to give us hope by the gifts of your generosity. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Oh, we come into Jerusalem in the midst of a parade with branches, wavings, coats, and cloaks being scattered across the ground. People shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You'll notice that you heard those words both in the psalm that Pastor Walt read this morning and in our, our gospel reading because of the fact that the people who were making these proclamations knew the story, uh, the stories of the of their upbringing, of their heritage. They knew that something big was happening. They were doing grand, bold, generous displays of adulation because of the fact that they were so excited for the one that they knew was coming, the one that they had hoped for, the king who would transform everything. So they did these displays to make sure that this this entry into Jerusalem was one that might be marked. 
There is a book that came out several years ago called The Last Week by Marcus Borg and Dominic Crossan uh, that parallels Jesus's entry with Pilate's entry into Jerusalem. And when you think about Pilate's entry into Jerusalem, it was one that was more of the parades that we typically think about. Lots of military soldiers, lots of animals that are leading the way, making sure that people knew that, that someone important was coming to town. And then Jesus's entry was a little bit less over the top, I will say. But there is scripture that says that even if the people didn't cry out, the rocks would have cried out with Jesus's entry because of the fact that there was an awareness in nature and in the world that something new was coming. There was an awareness that God was doing new things. And so instead of lots of military personnel, Jesus had his 12 disciples as his, uh, as his caravan that joined with him. And instead of riding in in a regal carriage or regal horses, he came in on a donkey and a colt to fill, fill scripture and to make sure that people knew that something was happening. Now, if you were paying attention and listening in the scripture, you may have heard that some people were crying out and some people were asking, who is this guy? What's going on? And that might be representative or indicative of the fact that people who were in the communities that Jesus was already doing ministry to and for knew his stories or even possibly personally benefited from his gifts of generosity. And those that lived in Jerusalem were just hearing of him for the first time. And as he arrived and as he showed up, people were beginning to get uncomfortable. People were beginning to feel like something was afoot. And indeed it was. The people who knew about Jesus's generosity wanted to make sure that others um, would know so that they had this grand parade proclaiming this truth about who Jesus's was. We've been in a sermon series that has been talking about setting a course for a better life. And in this season of preparing for Easter, we've been talking about generosity. And I want to talk about how the people in Jesus's time were aware of Jesus's generosity and all of the various ways in which Jesus was generous. Jesus was generous in healing. He healed so many people from any gospel reading that you go to, you will more than likely encounter multiple times in any of the gospels, Jesus offering healing to people who are blind, who can't walk, who are deaf. Jesus was generous in healing. Jesus was generous in counsel. Oh, just listening to the Sermon on the Mount, if you look at it in the Gospel of Matthew, that's like three chapters wrong, long, his, his proclamation of the Sermon on the Mount. He was giving wisdom and insight and knowledge to those that he, he was sharing with. He was generous in parables. Those stories that were lessons to be taught and wisdom to be gleaned, but those parables were often ones that were not so so clear-cut. And so his disciples often were asking, what exactly do you mean by that, Lord? So Jesus was also generous in patience. He was generous in explaining those parables and giving the disciples 
and those following some wisdom about what was going on, what he was trying to teach, and helping to, to guide them along the way. Those parables still speak to us today and still give us wisdom. Oh, and we give thanks for the fact that God and Jesus are generous with patience with us because we still sometimes don't get it. We sometimes still don't comprehend as fully as we could what is going on. And God helps us and is patient with us as we discern who we are supposed to be and how we are supposed to live. Jesus was generous in miracles. I had posted on my Facebook page, what were some of your favorite, favorite stories of Jesus's generosity? And I had two different friends jokingly say, their favorite story of Jesus's generosity was turning water into wine. And they laughed afterwards, but I think that there's some truth in that because I think that Jesus truly was generous in those miracles. Jesus could have turned water into wine and made it some simple, common, everyday wine. But as the wine was distributed, everyone realized that this was the best wine of the day. They realized that it was the a, a gift that went above and beyond. Similarly, when Jesus did the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, he took two, lo two fish and five loaves. I always mix those numbers up. Um, and um, multiplied them so that everyone would be fed. And he didn't just dole out a mere little morsel for everyone, but he said, take and eat, have your fill. And when the baskets were gathered back up, Jesus had 12 baskets left over because he was generous in that miracle, making sure that there was more than enough for everyone. Jesus was generous in his forgiveness, forgiving those who had wronged him, forgiving those who had wronged others by community standards, telling those of us that those without sin should cast the first stone. Jesus made sure that we knew that we were forgiven and that we were invited to forgiveness as well. Jesus was generous with his time. He often sat down with those that others thought were unsavory and unworthy, making sure that we knew and they knew that everyone was important, that everyone deserved God's grace, deserved God's love, deserved God's time. Oh, praise be for that. Jesus was generous in his affirmation of those who were living in their lives and or living their lives in ways that they were supposed to, in ways that brought honor and glory to God. Jesus made sure that those that were walking properly and walking the ways that they should, living their faith the way that they, they were called to, were affirmed in those efforts. Jesus was generous in sharing his authority. He didn't just say, I have these powers, but he gave the gifts that he had to his, his apostles that they might go, or his disciples that they may go out and share the good news as well, and do and perform some of the same miracles that Jesus did. Jesus was generous in sharing difficult truths, those stories, those points where he made statements that may still make us squirm a little bit in our seats and make us uncomfortable. Jesus made sure that, that we knew that while some things were uncomfortable, that we needed to hear them.
And here's the most important thing. Jesus didn't diminish his generosity when it ired the leaders of Jerusalem. He kept his generosity going. He kept his generosity up to the extent that he upset some people more, made some people question, made some people wonder what was going on. He let his generous gift of love and grace and transformation continue even to the point of death. Sometimes people only come to church on Palm Sunday and Easter. I want to encourage you to find ways to worship, especially on Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. We will have a Good Friday service streaming on our YouTube page and link it to our Facebook page as well. Um, but I want to encourage you to find a way to worship on Monday, Thursday as well, because the story is so significant. Jesus's generosity doesn't end with the triumphant par parade that we are experiencing today with the palm branches and the cloaks being spread out, but it continues in the gifts of Holy Communion, in the gifts of washing the disciples' feet, in the gifts of our Good Friday sermon, service, our Good Friday story that Jesus, even to the point of death, asked God forgive, to forgive us for we know not what we've done. Jesus is generous to the point of death, and I hope that you take the time this week to sit in that truth, to sit in that knowledge, to know that God's generosity continues to flow throughout this week, throughout this year, throughout this time, not just the Easter story, but in our world through in which we live. We need Jesus's generosity. We need to see the ways in which Jesus's generosity continues to touch our hearts today. I came across a prayer that I wanted to share with you because it's one that has blessed me over the last few days when I um, encountered it. It was written by a friend of mine named Eliza Tweedy, and I'll invite you to join me in prayer. Holy God, we want to cheer your arrival among us. We wave our branches, we shout our praise, we make a mockery of the powers of this earth, declaring ourselves only for you. We shout aloud, Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of our God. And yet we forget that Hosanna is not an exclamation of praise, but a prayer. We forget that we are crying out for salvation rather than for joy. And we confess that salvation frightens us because it means change. We confess that although we want you to be present among us, we do not want our daily lives disrupted. We confess that as much as we know that the world around us needs to be remade in an image of justice and righteousness, we are uncomfortable when we consider what this might mean for us, for our comfort and security. Hosanna, incarnate God, save and redeem us. Make us a new creation in your image. We confess that we are fearful people resistant to change. Grant us the courage to live your dream for us, even if we are frightened. Forgive us our fears and open our hearts to cheer your coming 
now and through all that this time will bring. Set us anew, we pray, on the path that leads from crisis to redemption, from death into life. Amen. It's important to recognize and to confess that we are fearful people and to realize that there's some truth that right now there's a lot of fear in our world. But when we hold on tight to the knowledge that God offers us new life and redemption, some of that fear can melt away. And sometimes we just need to keep clinging on to the fact that Hosanna is a I cry out to heal us, to make us whole, to make us recognize the ways in which God continues to touch our world. God's presence wasn't just, presence wasn't just true back in Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago, but God is present to each and every one of us now, wanting to be in relationship to, with us, offering us generous love, offering us new life and new possibilities. I know that this week, this month has been hard, but I also know that God is ever with us, offering us healing, offering us hope, giving us the knowledge that while weeks may be difficult, and oh, was Jesus's week difficult in this coming week, God is always with us. God knows how hard things can be, but God promises us that the story isn't over. And as we begin this week with a parade of generosity, we recognize that the generous gift keeps on giving. I hope you will see the ways in which those gifts have blessed you this day. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Rachel. God offers us new life. God offers us uh, redemption now, the strength to manage our way forward. We are grateful over God's generosity. And the way we respond to that generosity is by being generous people ourselves through our resources, yes, but also through our emotional generosity and spiritual generosity towards one another. Now, the church continues to serve its members, its friends, and the community. Though we're no longer uh, gathered together face-to-face, -face, we still are in ministry beyond ourselves. And as you might expect, our expenses continue nonetheless as well. So your stewardship and your special contributions are, are still needed, and of course, they are greatly appreciated. It is a way that you can link elbows with one another in our congregation and continue to do our good work. The slide on the screen that you'll be seeing or are seeing now is, a, is some information to instruct you on, on how to give electronically, uh, the easiest of ways uh, right now. Yet, if you would like to continue giving by writing a check, please do not hesitate to mail your contribution to the church. We'll get it, not to worry. And if you would like us to send uh, you some self-addressed mailing envelopes for uh, making those contributions for that purpose, um, we'd be delighted to do so. 
uh, we can easily do that. So simply email us or call into the church office and leave a message and let us know who you are, uh, your address, and, and how many envelopes, self-addressed envelopes, you'd like us to mail to you. We'll be glad to do that to facilitate your stewardship to the church and your support of the ministries here at our church. And so may God bless you over your generosity in response to the feeling you have of God's generosity to you. Thank you, Jenny, for that beautiful music. I want to take a moment to thank Jenny for the ways in which she uh, she has gathered to bring music to us. I want to thank Gloria and the choir for a piece that they sang years ago or a year ago. Say hello to Mark, my son, who has joined us for our closing words. I want to say thank you to Paul, Faye, and Warren Tabutal who have worked to be with us and to make sure that everything has worked well. Uh, Later today, you'll receive an email that reminds you about our morning meditations, about our Bible study on the book of Acts, and about our Good Friday service. I personally am also going to try to go to New Hope Lutheran's uh, live stream of their Maundy Thursday service um, so that uh, we can, um, so that I can enjoy and sit in the fullness of Holy Week and receive this benediction and these words of grace. Rooted in love, nurtured in love, go forth in love, confident that the God who created you in love, the Christ who meets you with generous love, and the Holy Spirit who inspires you to love each and every day goes with you so that you may continue God's generosity to a world that so needs it. Amen. <laughs>